Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday extended version of Inside Sources. Jay is out today, and uh, just to just to put a bow on our on our last segment, uh, as we've been talking about this uh, horrific photo uh, of the uh, father and daughter uh, that were trying to cross the Rio Grande uh, and get into the country uh, that did not survive. Um, a, a lot of, of really interesting responses and many of the responses really validate my point of, is this going to galvanize us to solve a problem or are we just going to weaponize this as one more political issue? Uh, and it's one of those where I think we have instant certainty where we don't want to hear the other side. Uh, and if you listen to the last segment, you know that I, I called out the Democrats, and then I called out the Republicans, and then I called out the Democrats again, and then I called out the Republicans again, because both sides are guilty. Uh, but it's very interesting. Uh, on our uh, text line, 57500, uh, everybody went to their corners, didn't listen, came out swinging. So some of the texters are saying, you know, I'm, I'm dead wrong on both sides, which is fantastic. I love being wrong on both sides of the issue. Uh some of the texters are saying, I'm dead wrong. Uh, it's the Democrats' fault. They just want open borders. You know, be honest, Boyd, be honest. Uh, okay. And then we have other texters who are saying, it's the Republicans. The, re- the Republicans politicized Benghazi for six years. Enough of your partisan preaching. So I'm not sure where my partisanship uh, lands on either of those, because uh, I think I called out both sides, and then I got called out by texters for being one or the other. Uh, and to me, that's part of this problem of instant certainty, where we are instantly certain what the issue is, who's at fault, who's to blame, uh, and why they are evil. It's part of our culture of contempt uh, that is, again, part of the problem. Uh, And so we've got to learn to step back because I firmly, passionately believe, I've said this a million times on this radio station, we can solve 94.5% of immigration in an afternoon on the floor of the House and the Senate because both sides agree. And I don't care if you're a bleeding heart liberal or a redneck conservative Republican or anything in between. This issue can be solved because people agree. But the politics get in the way. And people would rather have this issue and be able to hit their opponent over the head with it in a political campaign. Or I guarantee you, if you look in your email box right this very moment, You've got at least two or three emails from candidates on both sides of the aisle who are now using this to raise 
money for their political campaigns. That's the problem, folks. That's the real issue. And if we're not willing to have real conversations about the real issues, if we're if we're just not going to use this as a chance to galvanize around some principles that are purely American, and we're just going to weaponize this stuff so we can beat each other up and try to score political points, uh, that's un-American in my view. And we're better than that. And we've got to expect more, not less. All right. I want to hit uh, one other issue just real quick today uh, as we round out this extended uh, coverage of inside sources today. And that is, uh, there's been a lot of debate uh, and a a great article uh, on uh, DeseretNews.com about when is it appropriate to take a selfie? Uh, Is it appropriate to take a selfie at... uh, Auschwitz, a concentration camp, a, a site of a horrific event. Uh, is it appropriate to to take a selfie uh, when you are, you know, at a natural disaster or a, a place where a, a tragedy has taken place? And to me, it goes even beyond that, because I, I think in this selfie world of ours, uh, we often miss the point. And we're, we're so consumed with trying to capture the moment that we often miss the moment. Uh, and I, I experienced this uh, up close and personal uh, about five years ago. Uh, I was in Washington, D.C. I had my daughter, Sarah, and my son, McKay, with me, and we went to Arlington, uh, one of my favorite places in, in Washington, D.C. And we were there at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which I think is hollowed ground in this country. And I love the Sentinels who march and and guard the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, If you don't know the story of the Sentinels, uh, go look that up uh, on uh, Google or uh, YouTube. Uh, These men and women are extraordinary. Their discipline, their focus, their preparation to give honor to those who gave the ultimate sacrifice is extraordinary. So I'm there in front of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, again with my daughter Sarah, my son McKay, and we were there with Thousands of people, thousands of Americans from across the country, people from around the world uh, who were all there to watch the, the the classic changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown. And as it started, uh, there was this hush, you know, fell over the crowd. And it was just, it was really still for just a moment, for just a moment. And then everything changed. Everything started to move. Everything started to shift. Uh, my daughter Sarah leaned over to me and she said, "Dad, Dad, they're they're missing the meaning of the moment by trying to capture it." And she was spot on. I looked around and the the silence had really given way to people kind of sh- uh, shuffling about, jostling, moving. I, I looked across the the crowd of people and they're all positioning and repositioning their phones and their cameras and their video recorders. Others were trying to get, you know, that perfect selfie that they could post on social media. And the crowd was just consumed with their quest to capture the moment. And in their effort to capture the moment, they missed the moment. They missed what the meaning of the moment was was really all about. And I, I know all of you listening have experienced this. You're, you're at your daughter or your son's uh, piano recital or band concert or a uh, high school play, and you've got that helicopter parent who's just obnoxious, who's interrupting the, the 
great music being played, and they're going up and down the aisle with the video recorder or their cell phone uh, trying to capture it. Uh, or they completely disrupt a, uh, a a real critical scene in the play so they can, you know, get their little Johnny or little Susie, you know, just perfectly in there so they can post the picture to social media. And they they miss it. And when our focus is so centered on trying to capture the moment, uh, there's no chance that we're going to get the meaning of the moment. Uh, and we do that over and over and, and over again. And... Again, we have to learn to step back in some of these things. We don't need to be the center of the action. We don't need to put everything else in the rearview mirror, so to speak. Uh, sometimes we just need to let those things be front and center. Uh, when I travel a lot, uh, and I've had a lot of travel over oceans <laughs> the last month. I've been all the way to the South Pacific and back, and then to Japan and back. Uh, but to me, when you look out over an ocean, uh, you just really figure out your place in the world. Because you you just feel so small and so insignificant, and but think of how many times you you have somebody in front of an ocean or a big mountain, and then all you can see is their big face <laughs> uh, for the selfie shot, and they put themselves front and center. Uh, but to me, you know, it, it's in those moments of feeling very small in the world uh, that you actually get connected to the moment that matters uh, and that feeling of of the divine. And, and so we have to, to learn to, to step back just a little bit uh, and be present to the moment. One of my favorite sayings that I picked up uh, in Japan 35 years ago, uh, real simple, be here now. Be here now. Be present to the moment. Because it's only as we're present to the moment that we can ever figure out what the moment is really all about. And... You know, I think one of the things that we lack in the world today is is just this feeling of of awe and wonder. And I think we miss out on that awe and wonder because we're often putting ourselves in the middle of the moment. Uh, Chesterton observed very wisely. He said, we are perishing for want of wonder, not for want of wonders. And we're, we're missing it because we're making ourselves the center of the action and the most important part of the picture. So step back a little bit, uh, resist the urge. I'm not saying you should never take pictures or take selfies. Those are fine. Those are good. Just make sure that in capturing the moment, you don't miss the moment that really matters. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us today on an extended version of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts and do something that makes a difference. Stay tuned. Uh, Highlights from uh, Inside Sources for the next two hours. Stay with us.